This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. It's Lowell's here. You can't see me doing this, but I have a random hand movement I do when I say hello and the boss is having a little giggle at me. Today's guest, I want to get straight into it because I'm so excited for this episode. His name is Travis Jeffrey. He is an Australian actor, producer. He's also an ambassador for Polish Man. We're both ambassadors for Polish Man, which is a charity that's all about ending violence against children. I'm going to put heaps of show notes here and links to get involved. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful charity and it kicks off on October 1st. Travis Jeffrey, this guy... I was really nervous to interview him because he's done so much. He's worked with Angelina Jolie on Unbroken. He's worked on Pirates of the Caribbean, Gallipoli. He had a like lead role in this amazing TV show called Gallipoli. And it was really deep and I imagine quite confronting. Uh, then he plays this like Aussie larrikin on the movie Spin Out. He's been on Top End Wedding. He's got a new movie coming out called Bloody Hell where he plays two Finnish twins. This guy doesn't stop. And the cool thing and the coolest thing about this human is he has got zero ego. He's done all this amazing stuff, but he's so grounded, super humble. And I cannot wait for you to hear this episode with Travis Jeffrey. You are a legend, my friend. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Travis Jeffrey. I forgot to tell you right before, we just had a little yarn before. I do my introduction separately to this. So if you feel like we're just diving straight in, that's why. <laughs> welcome. Wonderful. Well, thank you for such a lovely introduction. Even though I haven't heard it, uh, I'm sure it's wonderful. Thank you. You're in safe hands. Okay, so, good. Um, the reason why I've been lucky enough to get you on this podcast is because uh, you and I are both Polish man ambassadors. Yes, and I was just saying to you, kind of the, the campaign's just kind of gone live now. This podcast will come out in a couple of weeks' time. But um, you spoke so beautifully about the the campaign and I was just wondering if you could share a little bit about Polish Man, what it means to be an ambassador, and a little bit about the ethos behind Polish Man. Yeah, of course. Um so Polish Man, it's a really uh, beautiful campaign. It's, um, it's a really, really important campaign. I've been lucky enough to be an ambassador last year. I've been involved with it for a couple of years, me and a mate, um, that I work uh, in between acting gigs. I work at a daycare um, and my friend who runs the daycare got me involved. And for anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's a campaign that's putting an end to violence against children everywhere. Um, a billion kids uh, in the last year alone experience violence which is which is crazy you know that's a billion too many kids and that was just last year so isn't that like more than half the kids in the world it's half the kids yeah which yeah. is just it's just mind-blowing when you, when mm. you, you know it kind of really hits home when you when you see the stat and you just go wow that can't be true but it is unfortunately mm. so what polish man does is it challenges people who want to be a part of the campaign to um 
paint paint a nail, which you can't see, but I'm holding up my blue nail at the moment. Yes, we both are um, <laughs> for the month of October. And what that does is, you know, you chat with people and they go, "Hey, what's the what's with the one painted nail, or what's with all your painted nails?" Um, and and then you can chat to them about the campaign and how they can help. And then they chat to people and they chat to people. And then next thing you know, we've raised a bunch of money and made a difference. And so where the money goes is to um, trauma recovery for kids who have experienced violence and um, to put a stop to trauma. So Polish men really want to not just deal with the issue, they want to end the issue. So it's a really, really beautiful thing to be a part of. And I'm really uh, proud and honoured that they've asked me to be involved. Me yeah. too. Me yeah. Too. And, and I'm um, glad that this podcast has come out of I'm so that's excited. That's what I was going to say. I said I feel very lucky because me too. Uh, when they sent me a list of ambassadors and I and I kind of, I'm a Virgo, so I'm a bit OCD. I research people <laughs> before I approach them and I saw some of the incredible work you've done and the body of work of your career and I'm like, whoa, got to speak to this guy so oh, it's lovely total Thank honor you. to have you here and I really oh. I really want to deep dive into your career a bit about the process and you've played quite differing roles and some of them yeah. some of them looked from the outside really grueling uh, on yeah. so many different levels so should we start with unbroken yeah let's jump straight in um <laughs> So Unbroken, uh, that was an amazing experience. That was kind of my first uh, big gig out of drama school. So ah, I, I which was Whopper, right? Was Whopper, that, yeah. I missed that, yeah. Perth. Yeah, the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, which is in Perth. It's a really wonderful school. and um, Yeah, so I graduated and I, I had a couple of bit parts. I did did a role on Anzac, uh, Anzac Girls, which was a wonderful show, and and then got Unbroken, Um which just the yeah the whole experience was was incredible. I was playing a Scottish prisoner of war in World War Two, so I had to drop a bunch of weight for that yeah. one, which was a great experience straight out. Um, lost twenty kilos over two months. No, because <laughs> um, that's what I saw. Like, I watched all the B roll stuff and a lot of the behind the scenes, and everybody looks proper emaciated. Like yeah, yeah, which is you know it's not the, it's not the healthiest thing to do, but you really want to honour these honor these men that went in the camps, you know, like you, you got to do do your best to, to fill the role and do it justice. Um, and it was my, as I said, my first big role was with Angelina Jolie directing, which was incredible. So the motive, like I found it quite easy. Like the first couple of days were horrible because I was just in a huge calorie deficit, which isn't the healthiest thing to do. But the motivation was there, made it really easy. Um, but it was the quietest set I've ever been on just because everybody was just fatigued and mm. starving. So when, when we'd be off, off set, just sitting, sitting around together, it'd just be us sitting in a circle, just thinking about food, not talking, just trying how to get through. Do you, do you know how many calories they got you, got you down to or you had to go down to in order to do that? Um, so I was – so throughout the audition process I started um, and I pretty much just moved on to – like meal replacement shakes, which I oh, think are only fun. a couple of, yeah, I think they're only a couple of hundred calories each. Yeah. And yeah. I tried to find the ones with the most vitamins and, and that sort of stuff to kind of keep something going into my body. But I was just having like three or four of those a day, so not not wow. much. Yeah. Do you know um, that's what Victoria's Secret models do before the um, – Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I've heard yeah. them talk the same way. But it, yeah. in the behind the scenes, there's a, a fair bit of footage of – Angelina Jolie, like being a director, but there's this. It feels like there's this real gentle quality about her, and a, and a softness. 
Would you, how, what yeah. was it like working with her? Oh, absolutely. She's the, I always really looked up to her um, as an artist. I think she's amazing. So when I got the role, I was sort of terrified to meet her just, you know, because she was uh, an icon and somebody who um, really inspired me to do what I do. But I was kind of terrified. You, you hear all these horror stories about, you know, people just not being very nice. Totally. You, know, you, you meet them and then it just ruins your perception of them. But I met her and she was the most down-to-earth, wonderful person. You know, she does a lot of humanitarian work. And, yeah. and, that, like, and sometimes it's hard to, it's like, oh, is this legit or is this just, you know, for what, what you want the world to see? But she was just completely genuine and down-to-earth and, and a really great director, really good with communication, I guess, because she's been an actor for so long. She just knew how to speak to actors and... Um, yeah, it was just a really wonderful process and a really good um, production to kick off with. You know, it was just I was, I was just very lucky. Where was it shot? Uh, we shot um, a bunch of it was shot in Sydney, yeah, uh, and then a bunch in Queensland. We shot up on Fort Linton, uh, and then we came down to Sydney, which is in Brizzy, and then we came down to Sydney and we shot on Cockatoo Island. Of course, um, yeah, but I think a lot was shot in the studios, and they went up to Mount Tambourine and. You kind of speak to all the the crew and um, production people, and like it, it feels like three different films. You know, we're wow. at some point we're shooting the Olympics, and then we're in the war, yeah. and then we're in the studios. Um, but yeah, it was all over the place. And shooting on Cockatoo Island was amazing. Just kind of to see how they could. Well, they didn't really need to. It's got all the structure there already, and it yeah. just kind of looks legit. And then they just come in and cover it all with snow and. There you are, you're in a POW camp in World War II. Wow. To, to flip that on its head, I've taught at a yoga festival on Cockatoo Island. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I've heard they've got some pretty good raves going on on Cockatoo yeah. Island as well. <laughs> but it, you know how you spoke about the energy on the set? Because it was a Prisons of War set for some, for some of this movie, could yeah. you feel some of that energy as well? Absolutely. Yeah, like um, I've, I've been very lucky and I've done a lot of war uh, projects about yes. war. I think I think I've paid like seven or eight soldiers wow. um, so far, uh, and you can always feel it. Like people come in and they really want to honour it. They really want to give it the yeah. uh, respect it deserves. And you're always going to have a lot of fun on set. You're going to make a lot of great relationships. That's you know one of the main reasons to do it is the people you meet and you get to work with. But you can definitely feel it on set of those productions. Um, it's a little, little bit more sombre, I guess, because you're always being reminded of the content and you don't want to you don't want to have too much fun because you're like oh well you know these guys had to do it for real and we're here to honor that and you know want to take it seriously um so yeah you can definitely definitely feel the respect in the air and everybody just puts you know 150% in because everybody's working towards the same sort of goal of just honoring these people that have sacrificed so much and getting the best production possible so yeah i watched an interview with the actor that played is it the bird yeah, 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 Miyabi, yeah. Bad, not baddie, but that's the worst way to say it. But um, and he said after the there was a, a really grueling scene that uh they shot where he was kind of like inflicting a lot of pain, and he said he mm. threw up straight after. Yeah, yeah, shooting yeah. that scene, I was like, and I watched the scene because I was like, I've got to see this. But it, and I've seen the movie, and I, it, although it's like confronting, there's a there's a lot of uh, it feels like there's an undercurrent of hope, and I imagine that's a pretty yeah. amazing project to be a part of you know yeah absolutely and I guess for him like his role was kind of you know to be the antagonist the entire time but for us it was about survival so we can form those you know mateships on set and um 
you know, we can muck around together, but for him, he was just kind of in this corner, sort of separated from the cast. That was something that Angie wanted to kind of do to sort of help facilitate just not a comfort between us, you know, mm. so kept kept them separate. And and he's he's an incredible musician, and I'm not sure how much uh, film stuff he'd done before. So I can nothing. imagine. He'd done nothing. Yeah, that, jumping well, straight well, into something like that. Well, that was his like first that, yeah. spoken in English. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. But he was incredible how he just dived into it, and I can imagine it would be incredibly confronting having to, yeah, just jump headfirst into a role like that. It's a pretty amazing first role to kick kick off with. Totally. And also for you coming straight out of Whopper and being able to land something like that, like that's pretty massive. Yeah, it was, um, oh, I just felt so lucky. It was, um, yeah, it's uh, just to see how it works at the top, top yeah. level, you know, like how, how productions that big work and just How to, long did the shoot go for? For you? Uh, I was, I think they went for about three months. I was on, I was shooting for six weeks. Oh, that's I feel like that's still pretty solid. That's yeah. pretty solid. It's um for, for a lot of Australian productions I've worked on, it's usually around four to six weeks, just because okay. just because there's less money and we're trying to pump stuff out. Um, but I worked on Pirates a few years ago, which was like four <gasps> that or was five my next, months. Yeah, that was my next question. So I, I interviewed an actor on the show called Michaela Bannis, and she is kind of very famous for McLeod's daughters back in the day, and she's yeah, done yeah. A, an amazing plethora of stuff, but she was on a movie, a Scooby-Doo movie, and she said, Lola, I was on screen for like no more than a minute and she's like, I still collect royalties from that. She's like, it was to this day the most yeah. rewarding thing financially and I was yeah. like, it must be a whole different ball game going from because you've done so many Australian projects and you've been on a lot of Australian shows like Love Child, yeah. Home and Away I've seen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like you've done your stint of um, yeah. in the Heights, I think you're on the Heights. Yes, now. yes, season one of the Heights, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like you've done your sin of Australian stuff and then it comes, they're like, righto, now it's time to become a British soldier on Pirates of the Caribbean. Now I am a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, like yeah, super fan. <laughs> My favourite soundtrack of all time. I I write books and every time I write books, I listen to the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack because it's yeah, really right. fast yeah. but because of the orchestra, your brain can kind of focus. It's Sounds good. Yeah, weird, awesome. Yeah. That's no, my no, hack. Great. But so what, please tell me, what was Pirates like? I'm excited for this. It was it was amazing. Again, that was like you go onto Unbroken and it's like, wow, this is the biggest I'm ever going to, you know, the biggest set I'm ever going to be on. Then you get on Pirates and it's just a different level. Like it's a whole different ball game. I guess because, the, the, you know, the um, franchise just has makes so much money so they can pump so much money into it. And um, But it's kind of – it was quite chaotic. Um, I remember my first day on set I rocked up and I was playing a British um, Navy officer and everything was kind of chaotic and um, they got me in my uniform and it was red. And I'm like, mm, uh, no, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be in blue. And everyone was like, no, 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 yeah, it's fine, you're red, go to set. I was like, oh, okay, and I kept trying to find the third ADs to chat to and I was like hey guys I think I'm in the wrong um wrong uniform they're like no 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 no, it's fine it's fine it's fine and then I get on set and the first first AD goes hey bud you're dressed in the wrong thing it's like oh yeah I thought so oh. I, was, I was trying to tell someone and and he's like quick run back get changed and then so I get changed everybody's really hectic trying to find stuff that fits me because they'd sort out the the other uniform and then I get back to set and the first AD goes hey you see that guy over there follow him run action and I'm like, what? Oh. And so that was my first take, was my <laughs> first shot on Pirates of the Caribbean. Just rock up and go, hey, chase that guy, yell at him, go. It's like, oh, oh, crap. Wow. Well, got that out of the way. 
That's one way to like dive straight in. Hey, was that shot at the Wit Sundays? Is that right? Uh, That was all over the place as well. So we shot some stuff at the studios in Queensland. um, And yeah, and then just outside of that on a farm uh, for all the town stuff. Um, And it was just like the scale, like just they build working shops and all that kind of stuff. And and if you, um, for anyone who's seen the film, there's the the guillotine scene in um, in the marketplace, and that took like four or five weeks to shoot that sequence. So just for four weeks, you'd be rocking up doing the same thing over and over, and yeah, just wow. the scale. It's just mind blowing. Did you get to see any of like the heroes, like Jeffrey Rush or Johnny Depp, in action? I, I crossed paths with um, Jeffrey Rush really briefly. Um, Saw Javier Bardem really briefly, yes. which was kind of like my yes. fan crush. And I, I like caught him at the best moment. He was, um, so in the film, there's uh, the young Johnny Depp. Um, yes. And so he was just meeting the little boy playing him. Um, and I overheard him say, he's like, hey, buddy, listen, I'm going to be really mean to you on screen. But then off screen, we're going to be best friends. I was oh. like, oh, my God, that's the best thing I've ever yeah. heard. And then that's just like, oh, wow. So he's a good person as well, which is which was nice to see. And then crossed, uh, crossed paths with Johnny Depp really briefly and got to work a lot with David Wenham, which was yeah. to tick off for me because he's such an Australian legend. Um, yeah. <gasps> so fun. Well, speaking of Australian legends, that takes me to your – Next, I don't know if I'm doing this in chronological order, but I spent a lot of last night watching Gallipoli. Yeah, yeah. And I mentioned to you before we started recording, my boyfriend's a music producer and he heard the bit where um, you're singing. Like there's a few moments where you sing and he's like, who's that? He can sing. And I was like, I'm passing that on in the podcast. So, and he doesn't give compliments. I can definitely not sing. (laughs) Good. At, oh, at Whopper, did you at what? And that, I know I'm jumping around a little bit here. But at Whopper, was it a lot of theatre training and voice? Yeah, so that's. Um, I think it's changed now, just because screen's such a big part of of the industry. Um, but when we were there, we kind of spent our first two years doing theatre training. Yeah. Uh, and then in second year, you do a, a stage play every four weeks, which is good. So you, you're wow. pumping out shows, which is good, and then you finish on the. Saturday night, and then you rock up to rehearsals for your next one on on Monday. Um, and then, kind of towards the end of second year, they'd start bringing in film, and then in third year, we'd have have film classes. Um, wow! Yeah. What did so you love I think most? I uh, I got into drum school having only done theatre, so I was yeah. like, no, no, I'm going to be a theatre guy. That's that's all I want to do. And then I started playing around with the film, and I was like, oh wow, this is really this is really what I want to do, I guess, because, like, you know, they're all based in the same thing, just, you know, being honest and telling the truth and stuff. But theatre, it's, it's such a different kind of, you know, it's bigger, you've got to reach the back row and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I really enjoy the honesty of film. You know, you can just mm. just be really honest and, um, yeah, just sit in it. And um, So when I started working on film and TV stuff, I really kind of fell in love with it and worked out oh. that's what I actually wanted to do, yeah. Awesome. And then I saw, did you study in New York as well? I did. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to get um, an MEAA scholarship to the Atlantic Acting School, yeah. which is like a lot of Meisner kind of stuff and yeah. practical aesthetics, um, which was really cool. And just living in New York for six weeks was, oh, you know, the biggest <laughs> part of the training. Just Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Um, 
And yeah, the school's great and that learned a bunch of really cool stuff and made a lot of really good friends and yeah, it's awesome. so good. I know I've digressed and jumped around. It's my style. I do apologize for that. So we were talking about Gallipoli now. Yeah. Yeah. So last night we were emailing each other and I kind of watched the first episode and then I watched lots of little segments and scenes online and then you were like, oh, episode five is my favorite, was my favorite to shoot. And I was like, oh, well, great. I'm going to go back and watch. And I'd, that had been some of the stuff that I'd watched. And I was like, here we go. I've got to watch the really hardcore scene again where your character kind of like, I feel like marches into slaughter. Is it a bit rude to say? I don't know, not rude, but I feel like that's. No, it's, yeah. Unfortunately, that's exactly, yeah, Battle of the Neck. Yeah. yeah, the neck, yeah. Unfortunately, that's what it was. It was just just miscommunication by the officers and yeah. just having no concern for human life, just sending these boys to their death. And the, the hardest thing about those kind of things is that they know it's coming. Like I think for the yeah. neck there was four waves, so you just hear yeah. wave one, go, and then you watch all your mates just get mowed down, go wave two, let's go. And the whole time they were trying to stop it. I think, yeah. Full uh, I think on. What, yeah, what Gallipoli does really well is it captures kind of the incompetence of the people yeah. running the show and just the disregard, which is really heartbreaking, you know, just these kids just went over there to protect their country and get some, have an adventure and didn't know what they were getting into and yeah. just end up in situations like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a really, really beautiful one to work on, I guess, you know, with Unbroken and, and Pirates and all that kind of stuff, it's really cool, but it's, doesn't hit home like the Anzacs, you know, yeah. being Australian. And uh, and just before we started shooting, I was lucky enough, I went on a little trip with my mum to, uh, we went to Gallipoli. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, went to, because I really wanted to sort of pay my respects and kind of get a feel for the place and kind of sit, like I went to the neck and I sat in the trenches and just kind of tried to, yeah, get to as because you, you're never going to be able to fully understand the horror that these guys went through in those moments. But um, just to be able to be there and get a feel for the atmosphere and see see how ridiculous it all was. Like they talk about when the Anzacs landed, they were just they landed in the wrong spot at a cliff face. Yeah. But just to get there and stand in front of it, and they were supposed to run up that, and, you know, capture the land, and you just go, "This is impossible." Yeah. Yeah. Did so? Did you get cast in the role and then go to Gallipoli because you were like, "I need to feel this." Yeah. Yeah. So I got cast, and I I'd always really wanted to go uh, to Anzac Cove and and to wander around and um so there was a bit of time like we did our uh boot camp week and then I think I had like three or four weeks off shooting and luckily the production like yep you can go just make sure you know you get back on time to start shooting um so yeah it was great went with my mom and we um spent a few days there and it was just amazing yeah wow and is that kind of uh, there are some actors I speak to and it feels like their process is I guess to find the truth within the within the story that they're yeah. sharing, and it feels like that might have been as to get as close to the experience as you as humanly possible. Is that kind yeah. of the process? Absolutely. Um, I think the good thing about film, um, I think what makes film easier is a lot of the time that it it is as close to real as possible. So you rock up to set and you're in the mud, you're wet, you're cold. Obviously, you're not being shot at. That's something that we always keep in mind it's like you know we're going home to our hotel at the end of the day our lives aren't hard but they make it easier for us to kind of get there with with the situations they put us in so yeah going to Gallipoli to try and get a sense of that was definitely 
you know, you want to try and act as little as possible. So the more information you can get that gives you an understanding of what you're about to do, the better for me, I find. Did you have a dialect coach for that? Because your accent was, it felt so iconically Aussie, but also of the era, the way listening to you speak. Great. No, I think that's just growing up on a farm. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess like as soon as you go, oh, World War I, you kind of, I guess you lean into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's a fine balance because you don't want to sound like you're taking a piss, you know. Totally. Going too ochre and, um, but I'm glad. Thank you. That's good to to hear. Um, Also consuming you in spin out as well because you played the kind of like, there's a like this, I guess to your character Sparrow, he kind of felt like soft and sweet, but he also felt very Australiana. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was the same sort of. We shot that out in Shepparton, which is a few hours away from where I grew up. So yeah. I kind of felt very comfortable there, and um, you know, I met, I met a lot of people like Sparrow, and you go, "Oh, that's the kind of guy he is." And um, yeah, so um, just was that to get a out lot of fun, and, though. That looked that was, like a lot of fun. That was amazing. That's that's still one of my favourite shoots. Um, I guess because of how fun it was. Like I've got the the shoots that I find the most satisfying you know like yeah. Gallipoli and and Danger Close and those sort of things but mm-hmm. um in terms of how much fun we had like we're all put up in the same kind of hotel complex in Shepparton and uh a lot of the um extras were locals we they just like put out a Facebook post and go come cheer oh, at awesome. our made up BNS ball and so we made mates with a lot of those guys and still keep in contact and we were down at the local pub every Friday night oh, with awesome. them and yeah so it was just a really um really lovely vibe and we all got really close which which you want which shows on screen I think and um yeah that was a lot of fun and getting to play Sparrow who was just like the biggest sweetheart it um it was just a lot of fun yeah it was great yeah your character felt very lovable yeah yeah kind of like the the, like a sort of the doofus best friend that um, (laughs) gets himself in these situations that you don't know how he did that but um sometimes comes out the other side I actually found a video on YouTube of you giving tips for actors, and I don't know if you know that I study um, acting at the moment in yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And it's rare that actors kind of share their tips. Yeah. I know this sounds like a weird thing, but it feels like something quite sacred, and I kind of understand that as well. Yeah. But I saw a video of you on YouTube, and it was like tips tips for actors, and I was like, man, these are tips for life. <laughs> oh, right. Do you remember these tips? <laughs> uh, I remember shooting the video. I don't remember the pearls of wisdom that I uh, – can I you will refresh? relay. I will yes, relay. Great. So number one was be you, and I'm like – Yeah. I think that's another thing with acting. We think we have to put something on and 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 yeah. and, and, and be something we're not. The next one is my favourite and that was work hard. And I think that a lot of people think when they see an actor, oh, wow, they've just got to learn lines and, yeah, and memorise yeah. lines. And it's like I feel like that is like the tip of the iceberg, you know. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely, yeah. One of my teachers uh, is Ian Sinclair who's a – he's like a quite a – big theatre director in Australia. Yeah, and he yeah said, it's amazing. Yeah, and he says that's the most common question they get asked. Like, How do you, you know, learn they, all those lines? Yeah, and he goes, yeah. if only people knew, you know, like all the work yeah. that someone does. And at school, like the motto of the school you'll hear like walking down the corridors is you're training for the Olympics. Yeah. Treat this like you're training for the Olympics. And I'm a pretty hard worker by nature, but I was like, yeah. whoa. And one thing that I've wondered about is like if you're going in for an audition 
How often, I'm sorry, how much preparation time do you often get with sides? So when they deliver your audition piece, they're like, here's your five pages of sides. You've got a self tape or whatever. How, how, what's that window of time like? Uh, it usually can be anywhere between a couple of days to a week or so. They, um, That's not long. Don't usually, no. Um, but it's kind of good in some ways where you, you, because I think one of my biggest things and I think a lot of people's biggest thing is just overthinking it. So it's good yeah. to just kind of like do the prep that you need to do um, and then just get in there and, and do it. And one of the biggest lessons I learned, and that was one of the tips that you um, brought up was it, it takes so much pressure off when you are, uh, when you, can be yourself because when I left drama school, you know, doing Gallipoli and that sort of stuff, I was like, I'm an actor. I will yeah. act. I will act <laughs> yeah. my pants off in every situation. Yeah. But I, I, one of the greatest things I've ever heard is that you will never be a more interesting actor than you are a person. Yeah. You know? And that, and that's who they want to cast. Like you go in there and they'll see you being yourself, adding whatever you want to, what interests you to the role, mm. your version of the role, and that's that's why you'll be cast. The, You'll never be cast because you do what you think their version of the role is. Yeah. yeah. And then the, and the next point was actually you said audition. Like yeah. and, and you said like often you'll read something and it's like, well, this character is seven foot tall and really buff or something that you think that you're yeah. not. And often it, it doing that audition might mean that you get called in for the next thing. Yeah. So you're always kind of auditioning for the next one, you know. Yeah. So you, you go in there and you you do the best that you can and you might not be right for it, but um, you might be right for the next one. And that's happened to me a couple of times with when I was in drama school, I was lucky enough to audition for Squizzy Taylor for Thunderbelly series. And I got very close to playing, playing him. And yeah. that was in my third year of drama school. So that was wow. an incredible experience getting flown, you know, back and forth to, and get a taste of the audition process. And then I missed out on that one, but then Anzac Girls came along through that and then Gallipoli and of course. Yeah. So oh. it's always, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's really heartbreaking. And it, we're talking about failure and stuff. And, you know, when you don't get a role, it can feel like failure. But, you know, as long as you take, you learn something from every experience, it's not not a failure, is it? So totally. You, you can't, it takes a long time to kind of build up that resilience, I guess, and not taking things personally and, and knowing that it is you're getting better with every experience rather than, oh, I have to nail every audition, I have to get every job. It's like, no, no, this is making me a better actor, better human. Totally. Yeah. And it, one thing I've learned at um, drama school is these styles of humans are really good at beating themselves up anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. That's so, why we do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like go easy on yourself because yeah. there's a there's an element of also like, trusting and throwing caution to the wind and kind of going I've done the work let's just let it fly now you know yeah yeah and yeah something that took me so long to um I guess to know that it was okay to do and I guess to work up the courage to do was to take risks and to know it might not be perfect Mm -hmm. um you might not nail it every time like I think especially in Australia and I guess it's everywhere like there's not a lot of money so you feel like you have to be perfect or you're not going to get the role. Mm. Um, you feel like you can't do anything that interests you. You can't put your own little flair on it because that might ruin your chances for next time. Um, so totally. I, I've gotten to the point where I'm really enjoying doing things that adding, adding what I want to add to these roles and, you know, with bloody hell got to learn oh, finish yes. and play twins and, 
And I just saw the trailer. It looks so fun. So it's it's like comedy and horror, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so was it shot in Australia even though it's American accents? Yes. So that was shot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that was shot in in Queensland. Well, some studios up there. How long did that take to shoot? Uh, That was about six weeks, I think, and then a couple of weeks. I know I'm asking really random questions, but it's just so nice that you're so open and it's so fascinating to hear the 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 BTS of it that we often yeah. don't have access yeah. to. Um, yeah. Oh, go for I'm yeah, I don't mind sharing anything. No, I, lo- I I think <laughs> yeah. that's a superpower. I love it. Um in on your list as well you said like be respectful. And I think in yeah. this world there is a bit of ego and you touched on it when you were talking about working with Angelina Jolie and how she was you hear like people that are of that level of success can often be dickheads, but she was yeah. the pole opposite by the sounds of things. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah, I, I get where you bring the be respectful point out, but do you find there are egos in this industry? Look, in Australia, most of the time there's a pretty, like, blanket no dickhead rule policy, <laughs> which is awesome because yeah. we just don't have time, you know, and for the crew and stuff, it's too hot. Like, we're chewing, yeah. it's too hard. It's still everything, like... You don't want to rock up and have to do your job and then deal with someone like that as well. Like, of course, you, there are people like that, and, but I think I think everything's changing. Like, I don't think that's as tolerated as. Yeah. I think we're past the era of mega super movie stars. Like, you know, you'll get them; they'll pop up, but like, if you don't want to work with somebody, you're not going to get them back. Um, and I totally. think that's yeah, and I think that's where a big. Like these, yeah, these are people who don't treat, I think don't treat everybody with the respect they deserve. Like one one thing that I always try to do is treat everybody on set with the same amount of respect as I treat my mum. Like that's something I always yeah. tell the younger actors. It's like, you know, pick up your clothes in the in the costume room. Like don't leave shit lying around. Mm. Don't, yeah, just be nice. Like everybody's job is just as important as yours. Like totally. any actor who thinks they're the most important person on sets, not a, you know, not doing it for the right reasons. Totally. You know? and again, it comes back to this list of like I feel like this is a like a life hack list, not just for actors yeah, or artists. Yeah. And I, my favourite one, well, I know I've got a few favourites, but I love the expect nothing, appreciate everything. Yeah. I feel like that's that, powerful. If you go in without expectation, then everything's a bonus. Yeah, and I think that ties into taking taking away from every opportunity, like take, you know, make sure you learn something. Just appreciate everything that you've got. It's not like, oh, I missed that. I didn't get that role because I'm no good. It's like, well, I didn't get the role, but I learned a bunch doing it. Um, and I think totally. jumping back to people, you know, the people on when you come across these people on set, um, it's usually people who, who are quite entitled. They're like, yep, I, do, I should be here. I'm meant to be here. I deserve to mm. be here. Like obviously if you've done the work and you've earned it, you deserve to be there. But um I think, yeah, expecting nothing takes that pressure off. Yeah. In, in auditions and roles and it's like, well, I'm just going to go in there, do my best. Probably nothing will come from it, like the 95% with the other ones where nothing comes from it. But if something does, great. Um, yeah. It's such and then a when great it, attitude yeah. to have. Yeah. And when it does happen, it's even better. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that, that was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so your next project is Bloody Hell, which we just touched yes. on. Um, so that's out the 8th of October, is that right? Yes, all over Australia except Victoria, I think, at the of moment. Course. So yes. we'll see, yeah. So hopefully 
I'll start plugging some stuff soon when the trailer gets released and have some more info. And But, yeah, 8th of October. Awesome. And so you play Finnish twins, right? I do, yes. How on earth did you go with learning a Finnish accent? It was very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I didn't I didn't have to learn a Finnish accent. I just had to learn Finnish. So I don't speak any English. Oh, in this wow. Book. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a really interesting, uh, like I always love to challenge myself, uh, but this was a particular one that I may have almost pushed it a little bit too far. I was doing a play at the time of auditioning where I had to learn Italian. Um, like proper Italian as well, like not an yes. accent. Oh, wow. No, like, yeah, learning. learning. So it was just this fast, this really fun sort of fast comedy uh, where I had to learn a whole bunch of Italian for it. Um, and then this audition came through and I was like, oh, yeah, I can learn a Finnish accent. Great. Um, whilst trying to learn Italian and my brain just started to just get packed. Uh, and then I did it and got a call back and they're like, no, 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 it's in Finnish. Can you, can you learn? Can you just learn all this Finnish? And I was... My brain was about to explode. And I remember my final callback, um, it was just a self-tape, which means you just do it at home, Yeah. send it off. And I'd just come back from a huge day of rehearsals and they sent through the finish. And, like, you're playing it and Emma, the accent and dialect coach, you know, she was speaking the finish and it's so fast and it's so tricky oh and my, my brain was broken. And I was like, oh, this might be the first time I ever have to pull out of doing an audition. Um. And then I was like, no, I'll just, I don't think there's going to be any benefit to wait. Let's just do it now. So I went downstairs. Nobody was home, so I had to do the audition by myself. And I just wrote the finish phonetically, which is just writing the sounds yeah. up and sticky tape them around the room. Wow. Uh, but so I was doing these scenes, just reading little bits and pieces. And that's the only way I could, I could get through. And then later I edited my housemate's voice into the audition. So oh, it sounded wow. like I had somebody there with me and, um, and it's really interesting. I think what what got me the role is um, that I edit. I used iMovie and edited myself in twice. Um, so course. I had one side of the camera and then the other side of the camera. So it looked it looked like I was twins, and I really I find twins. I found out later, just just for time and money restrictions, um, and they were really struggling. So when that audition came through, they're like, "Great, yes!" Um, and then they realised that I was just one person. Um, oh wow so when you shot that did they because you're obviously playing twins do you have to shoot it twice like how does it work shooting yeah twins um so it's always been a dream I think it's every actor's dream to play twins <laughs> and I was really interested in the process and I was like oh great this is gonna be so cool there's gonna you know there's gonna be heaps of time to like transition between characters and because uh, I tried to make the characters as as different as possible because you know on, on paper I think what they wanted to go for in the beginning was kind of like those, you know, horror movie twins where it's like they move in sync and, you know, yeah. they speak. And But I was like, how can I turn that on its head and do the most opposite thing possible? So I made them very different. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So on set I was like, great, this is going to be a really cool process and, and, you know, being an Australian film, and I'm sure it's on every film, there's no time. So I'd finish one twin and I'd be like, hey, you know where the costume place is? Run to it. Get oh, changed. Wow. Come back and do it. You know, and, but everybody was as supportive as it can be with costume and uh, and and makeup and the director and the producers, but it was just like uh, we don't have time. Uh, let's just do it now. Um, so it was good, and it was a really great lesson of being able to just like go, okay, well, I don't have time to overthink this. Just just do it. Yeah, just, in the moment. Yeah, which I think really helped. The, you know, helped the performance in parts. And um, yeah, but yeah, sorry. How they do do it is um, a lot of the time they just shoot 
uh, when, when the film does come out and you'll see it is that um, they shoot like two sides of the camera. So I'll, as one twin, will be on the right. Right. And then, you know, on the left for the other. Um, and then they can just split screen it. Wow. It's kind of how I did did it in the audition, but a lot more how complicated. Cool. They did I can't better. wait. I can't yeah. wait to see this now. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And we I got to see it a few weeks ago in Queensland with the cast and crew screening. And it's great. It's awesome. It's so much fun. I think people are really going to love it. And it's like it's a pretty niche sort of area, but I think it's fun for everybody. And, yeah. We need yeah. fun right now too. I like, think I think so. it's a perfect time so. for it. <laughs> yeah. So are you, do you have any dreams of like, and I know this is a really weird time to ask this because of all the COVID stuff, but do you have any dreams of heading overseas and pursuing your career over there? Because you've done so much in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think absolutely. I think most actors do just because it's a bigger pool. There's more yeah. work. Um, you know, there's more money for these productions. So they're kind of a grander scale. And mm-hmm. um, I love living in Australia so much. Um so if I can keep working here forever, I would. Um, but but I, I definitely would. I, I, I'm working on my visa application at the moment and stuff like that, oh, so I can go and that. work. It is yeah. so full. I just got my green card, dude. It is oh, so. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. It has been a three-year process. Yeah. Process, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm at the beginning, so great. I'll see you in three years. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, it's uh, full so, on. It's yeah. full on. Absolutely, like absolutely, definitely open to that. And but I, I've started to try and, and I think COVID's really pushed me to do this, take take the reins a little bit more on my career uh, and my trajectory. So I've started writing a lot. Um, You've directed too, haven't you? Sort of. Me, me and a mate just made a short film for called Pineapple Island. No, it is something I'd really be keen to move into. But at the moment, just kind of using this downtime to focus on writing and kind of upskilling yeah. and learning the producing sort of ropes. And um, so me and a, a friend have got a film that I've written that we're hoping to shoot and like super indie in, in January, December kind of um, time, which is cool. Um, What's that called? That, uh, it's a working title at the moment. It's called Unsaid. Oh, cool. Uh, at the moment. But it's been a very loose process. So it's kind of one of those films where it's like it will name itself during <laughs> the shoot. I write books and usually you have a writing, I'm writing a book at the moment and you have a a working title for like nearly the whole manuscript and it's not till like the last month or so that they're like, all right, let's go with this title. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's normal. Um, It's interesting that you say that you're interested in producing as well because I kind of feel like directing, writing, acting, I feel like that's, there's similarities, whereas I feel like producing, that's like a completely different skill set. Yeah. So I think it's more just an awareness of how it all works is what I'm really interested in because that, like the more you understand on set and that's kind of whenever I chat to younger actors is, is, you know, just when you get on set, just pay attention to as many people as possible. And the way, you know, if you understand how it all works, you can make it a smoother process for everybody else and, um, Mm. With, with time and that sort of stuff, you know, if you know how the lighting guys work and, you know, how sound all works and when you should be places and what they need to do and what's stressing the producers out and um, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, directing and writing would probably be more of an avenue I'd follow fully. Totally. But producing, it's it's just kind of helping produce this film. I'm just kind of learning as much as I can about it. And totally. It and, yeah. And at such a young age, like that's pretty young to be playing with producing as well, I reckon. Yeah, it just, it's kind of, yeah. And I think I was heading that way anyway. I'd started writing at the start of the year before um, everything sort of shut down, which was really good. I think if everything shut down and I hadn't started writing, I might not have 
mm-hmm. been in the swing of it. And I went, no, nah, I'm not doing anything for this, you know, because there was such a um, a lot of pressure on everybody. And I think people were feeling the pressure of like, oh, there's there's nothing to do. What should I, I now I've got time to do all these really amazing things, which mm-hmm. is horrible pressure to, to put on people. But I was lucky that I'd started earlier. So I, I was kind of in the swing of it. Um, yeah. So it was something that I always wanted to kind of move into. Um, but having the time with the, with the shutdown and everything, um, yeah, just, just has given me heaps more time to just, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I wanted to try and always make it as productive as possible and just learn learn something throughout this time. Um, totally. So, it sounds yeah. like you've nailed that, dude. It sounds like <laughs> you've done heaps. Can I ask, and I know you've already done so many awesome things, what would be like a bucket list goal kind of dream work gig for you that you haven't ticked off yet? Like uh, HBO is always an incredible, yeah. incredible show. I was really lucky I did an AMC show. I did The Preacher a couple of years ago, so that was a, a yeah. big tick off. Um, yeah, so HBO. But what I really like, like I'm a huge Pixar fan. Like I yeah. just think Pixar is the <laughs> best thing in the world. And I think they're so smart. Like working with kids in my part-time job, like I think what Pixar have done really well is just being able to get through to kids and adults at the same time totally. with really hard issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'd love to. I'd love to voice a Pixar film. At some oh point. yeah, yeah, big time. I, I I reckon that'd be epic. So epic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you've got that full. I I remember when the first time I saw Happy Feet. I don't know if that's Pixar or not, but I remember Steve Irwin was a voice as as, yeah. as like a walrus or something, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god, life goal. I want to be a voice. Like yeah, Steve absolutely. Irwin. Yeah, yeah. So good. Um, thank you so much. This has gone so fast. I'm going to end with. I know a lot of um, my my kind of like classmates will be listening to this with yeah. very eager ears and I sent to my scene partner, we're working on Tennessee Williams at the moment, and I yeah. I sent him, your my scene partner, your um, show reel and he was like, oh, my God. And I, so we're all very, <laughs> it, we're all in our infancy of our kind of like yeah. journey and I just, if you've got any advice for people that are studying acting or even just a creative person that's kind of like, oh, this is kind of something I want to explore, what would it be? Yeah, um, I think a really big lesson that I've learned is to not take yourself too seriously. Um, really be flexible with everything you do. Like it's great that you guys are studying, like you're already taking the first step, like you always have to do the work. I, over the last few years, I've really learned that experience is what you get paid in as an actor. Like, you know, we're not in it mm. to be rich because none of us are going to be rich, you know, in Australia unless you're, you know, a megastar. So be, being okay with doing free short films, you know, do as free play reads, just always keep working because that's how you're going to grow. And a lot, of, a lot of the films that I've worked on have come from doing short films with producers that I've become friends with and they just kind of snowball and, so, you know, you always have to have pride in your work, but don't be too proud. Don't be like, no, I'm an actor. I won't work in a cafe. I won't, I won't do things for free because that's what we are. We're, you know, glorified baristas. Like, you know, I've worked in a cafe for so long, poured so many beers, work at a daycare now to pay rent in between gigs. You know, I, I think there's a bit of a stigma with, with actors. It's like, no, you know, we've got to be these glamorous sort of thing. And it's not mm. like it's not glamorous. Um, it's a lot of fun and it's amazing, but you've got to be okay with putting in the work and sometimes the work won't be acting work It'll just be pouring a beer so you can pay rent and pay for your classes and um yeah oh, so I just be that. open to everything yeah, yeah i love that 
Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, it's been a total, total honour to have you on and you've shared so much of your heart with us and uh, your journey. I cannot wait to keep following your journey because I'm just, yeah, yeah, you've got another fan over here. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Well, you've got a fan too. Um, (laughs) Thank you. You're a legend. Thanks for having me. It's really lovely to be here and it's a great chat. Thank you. Anytime. And in the show notes I'm going to put some of your work in the show notes so people can check out some of your awesome. stuff and oh, the trailer you. i'm sure will be out for bloody hell by now so i'm gonna Very make sure soon, that everyone yeah. can see it awesome thank you so much big love bye lots of love chat to you soon bye that's a wrap on another episode of fearlessly failing as always thank you to our guests and let's continue the conversation on instagram i'm at yummo lollaberry This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. (laughs) 